You're about to listen to another inspiring word from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. For more information and interaction with House on the Rock, please visit our website on hotr.org.uk. Amen and amen. Woo! Hallelujah! Open your Bibles quickly to the book of Psalms chapter 1. Very popular portion of scripture, Psalms and chapter 1. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 3 of Psalms chapter 1. Let's rise up on the reading of God's word in honor of the second person of the Trinity, the living word of God. Psalms 1, verse 1 to verse 3. Some of you should be able to recite it offhand. That's how popular it is. But we'll read together. Amen? Here beginning after the reading of God's word. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I say whatever he does shall what? Whatever he does shall, you are going to prosper in the name of Jesus. I, can I say it one more time? You are going to prosper in the name of Jesus. There, there are striking characteristics of the, of the blessed man that we read in this text. It says that he walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. He stands not in the path of sinners. He sits not in the seat of the scornful. He does not do these things to be blessed. He, do, he does these things because he is blessed. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? He's not doing this to earn the blessing. He's doing these things because he's blessed. He's not trying to earn what has already been given to him. Is anybody hearing me what I'm saying? So we see these characteristics. This is what a blessed man naturally does. A blessed man naturally uh, does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He does not stand in the path of sinners. does not sit in the seat of the scornful. He delights in the word of the Lord constantly. The blessed man is like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. So a blessed man is planted. Somebody say he's planted. Mm -hmm. Uh, he brings forth his fruit in season. Your leaf will not wither. Whatever you do will prosper. But the secret to this outcome of being evergreen, not burning out, uh, prospering in all that you do, uh, bearing fruit in season, is that you are planted. A tree that is not planted will not be evergreen, will not bear fruit, and will not prosper. So you've got to be planted. Uh, the, the key was being planted in the right place at the right time. You have to be planted to thrive. And the simple subject of my exhortation this Sunday morning is planted to thrive. Help me ask your neighbor, are you planted to drive, thrive? Are you planted to drive? And then preach to your neighbor, you have to be planted to thrive. In order to thrive, you have got to be planted. Father, thank you. Help me this morning. Speak through me like only you can. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Go beyond my frailty, my preparation, and do that which only you can do, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. And the people said aloud, amen. amen. Hallelujah. As you take your seat, tell your neighbor once again, you have to be planted to thrive. Like I said, I'm not going to preach long, but I trust that it's going to be a blessing and maybe we'll be able to pray a little bit by the close of our 
uh, uh, time in God's word. Genesis in chapter 8 and verse 22, it says that while the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So this immediately tells us that life is in phases and in seasons. Life is not just one season, but many changing seasons. Uh, and it also tells us another thing about life, that not every season in life is going to be pleasant, that there are going to be some seasons in life that are going to be unpleasant. Uh, there are going to be good times, and there are going to be bad times of necessity, of necessity, there will be an alternative to the good. There will also be the bad. There will be heat. There will be cold. There will be seed time, and there will be harvest. There will be mountains, and there will be valley. In fact, you need the opposite to be able to appreciate what you have, you see, because we would not appreciate light if there was no darkness. Is anybody with me this Sunday morning? You see, uh, as surely as there's seed time, there has to be a harvest. As surely as there are valleys, there also are mountains. In fact, it is the valley that makes the mountain. Are you with me what I'm saying? If there were no valleys, then everything would be flat ground. So for you to have a mountain, there had to be a valley. The valley made the mountain, or was it the mountain that made the valley? Whatever the case may be, you need both. Hallelujah. There has to be nighttime for you to appreciate daylight. Every, everything in life is in seasons and is, is in phases. And you've got to know what season it is that you are in. In fact, you should spend a lot of time focused on finding out what time am I in. This is what dis distinguished the sons of Issachar from all the other sons because they had a clear discernment of the times and the seasons. In the book of Psalms chapter 30 and verse 5b, it says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The joy comes in the morning. So weeping might be associated with the night, but joy is associated with the morning. And surely, uh, morning is coming. Help me tell your neighbor, morning is coming. Tell your neighbor, you might be in night season, but you are coming to a morning season shortly. So if life is in seasons, if life is in phases, if there, these seasons always change, the issue is to make sure that you do not die in the wrong season. Don't quit in the night. Morning is coming. Don't stop in the valley because as long as you keep on moving, you are going to get to the mountaintop. Somebody say amen. amen. Uh, and so I've come to realize that before you can thrive, you have to survive. Did you hear me what I said? I said before you can thrive, you have to survive. You've got to survive the night to get to the daylight of thriving. Sometimes all you can do actually is survive. But if you survive, you will thrive. I came to speak to some survivors under the sound of my voice today. Do I have any survivors under the sound of my voice? Serious survivors, hallelujah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, recently there was, uh, we've had so many disasters and we raise our voice in intercession for the many zones in the world where there have been disasters at this particular point in time. But there was a time when there was a tsunami somewhere, and one man particularly survived the tsunami. And when he was being interviewed later, the, how did he survive the tsunami? How did he get through it? And he said, I don't know. I just found a plank of wood, and I held on to it for my dear life.
life. And yeah, he threw me up. He threw me down. I went under. I came back up, but I refused to let go of that plank of wood. And somehow, I came through the tsunami. Oh, my goodness. You know, sometimes you can go through stuff, and all you can do is find one plank of wood. Find one word from God and hold on to it for your dear life. Decide I ain't going to let go of this. He said he's going to see me through. He's going to see me through. I'm not going to let go. He held on to it for his dear life. You've got to find uh, something that is floating, something that is standing, something that is swimming, and just hold on to it. You might not be able to hold on to many things, but if you can find one one word. Sometimes you don't need many words. All you need is just one word from God. If you can just find one word and hold on to that word and not let it go, you are going to get through the storm. I came to prophesy to somebody this Sunday morning, you are going to get through the storm. I don't know what storm it is that you are going through, but you are going to get through. If you believe me what I'm saying, come and shout yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just one word. God gave you a word, and you let it go to look for another. Oh, that was a mistake. He says, don't, you don't need to look for another one right now. Just hold on to that which I've already given you. No matter the waves buff, buffeting you and the winds that are blowing, don't let go. You see, you cannot thrive if you don't first survive. You cannot thrive if you don't first survive. You've got to survive. The truth be told, this Sunday morning, I really came to talk to some serious survivors. Are there any serious survivors under the sound of my voice? Uh, you can take a licking and keep on ticking. You know, it's not that you can, you have. Anybody like that under the sound of my voice? Yeah, I've gotten some hard blows of late. I've been hit down a few times. Well, guess what? I'm still here. Anybody still here? Anybody still standing? Uh, yes, uh, I've been perplexed. Uh, but even though I'm perplexed, I haven't given up. Uh, my God's got me. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went through the fire. The fire was real. It was hot. Uh, but guess what? Uh, I wasn't consumed. Uh, do I have anybody that I'm talking to this Sunday morning? I went through the flood. Uh, uh, but I didn't drown. I'm a serious survivor. Any serious survivors are under the sound of my voice. Uh, he dumped me. The marriage ain't working. But I'm still here, still loving God, still worshiping. I don't have all the answers, but I'm a serious survivor. I have more bills than money to pay, but guess what? I'm still here, and I know that he's still Jehovah Jireh. I'm going to get through. Anybody like that under the sound of my voice, come and shout, yeah! I'm a serious survivor because you've got to survive in order to thrive. How do I know that I'm speaking to serious survivors this Sunday morning? Because this world has been going through some challenging times, uh, from, from COVID, from lockdowns, uh, into all sorts of economic upturns. Uh, I know so many things that stood in your way, even from gathering to worship God this Sunday morning, but somehow you made it through. Uh, uh, they shut down the, 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 the tube station here. They blocked the road there, but you decided that you weren't going to let none of those things stop you from coming in to worship your God. That tells me something about you, that you are a serious survivor. Once again, if you know that you are a serious survivor, come and shout, yeah! Woo! 
hallelujah. I praise God for surviving. And because sometimes we can be so focused on preaching and teaching you into thriving that we fail to appreciate uh, uh, your surviving. So I wanted to take a station break, take a moment this Sunday morning to applaud all survivors under the sound of my voice. You might not be where you want to be yet. You might not have everything you want to have yet. You might not have broken through yet, but that you are still here, I applaud you. Come on, come on. Applaud your neighbor for keeping on, keeping on, for standing, for persevering, for keeping on. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we can preach thriving so bad that it almost feels as if surviving is failing. Surviving is not failing. Brother, surviving is not failing. Guess what? Before you can thrive, you've got to survive. Hallelujah. I encourage the survivor today. You made it through. I know you lost a lot on the way through, but you still made it through. The first qualification for thriving is that you've got to survive. You cannot thrive if you don't first of all survive. Took a licking but kept on ticking. Went through the fire, went consumed. Through the flood, you didn't drown. If you survived, guess what that makes you? It makes you a candidate for thriving. Hallelujah, glory. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says, let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season, so there's a due season, in due season we shall reap if we, lose, if we do not lose heart. Hallelujah. So it tells us that to not grow weary or to not lose heart is to survive. When you don't grow weary, when you don't lose heart, that's a surviving mode. But it tells you that if you can do that, in due season you will reap. In other words, in due season you will thrive. Don't throw in the towel. Keep on keeping on. I came to talk to somebody this Sunday morning. I know it's been tough, but I want to encourage you. Keep on keeping on. Keep on stepping. Tell your neighbor, keep on stepping. Don't quit, don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Keep on moving. The problem is to stop, because if you stop while you're in it, then you're in it. But if you keep on moving, it's just a matter of time you're going to walk out of it. You're coming out of that valley, you're coming to your mountain. In the mind, keep on moving. It says, those that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall exchange their strength for his strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and they will not be weary. They will walk and they shall not faint. Hallelujah. I love that verse. And God started to speak to me about that verse. He said that not every day is for flying. Some days you fly, other days you run, and some other days you walk. But whatever you do, make sure you keep on moving. Those that wait upon the Lord, they shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They will run, and they will not be weary. They will walk, and they shall not... Whatever you do, keep on moving. Keep on going. Sometimes you can't fly. All you can do is run. Sometimes you can't run. All you can do is walk. And sometimes you feel like you can't even walk. If you can't even walk, crawl. Every blessed day, find one thing. If it is only just one thing, if it is half a thing you can do to move forward, to move an inch, you are moving. Come on, help me tell your neighbor, keep on moving. Don't stop, don't stop. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. 
All hell is breaking loose. Keep on walking. I'm going through a hard time. Keep on walking. I have pain in my body. I keep on walking. My ears are blocked. I keep on walking. I don't know how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do that. I keep on walking. Hallelujah. Because waiting on the Lord is actually not a stationary position. Waiting on the Lord is actually an active position of keeping on, keeping on. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. Hallelujah. Keep on keeping on. God doesn't want you to just survive as much as I applaud your surviving. The ultimate outcome where he wants to get you to, he wants to get you to thrive in. God wants you to thrive. There's no doubt in my heart as regards God's desire for you and for me to thrive. Right from the beginning, we see clearly when he says, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. That's thriving. God makes it clear right from the beginning. I want you to multiply. I want you to, to fill the earth. I want you to have dominion right from the beginning. And we see throughout Scripture, God continuing to repeat this promise, continuing to unveil this intent of his. He says it to Abraham, in multiplying, I will multiply. He says to Isaac, in multiplying, I will multiply. And on and on we see from the old covenant, even into the new covenant, we see God's intention that you and I be multiplied. We get into the new covenant and Jesus himself says, I came that you might have what? Life. And have it what? More abundantly until it overflows. So God wants you to thrive. He's happy that you survive, but where he's taking you to is the place of thriving. And that's what I came to usher you into this Sunday morning. Somebody shout yes! yes. In fact, God started to speak to me and God said, you know what? I've already done everything on my part to ensure that you thrive. I said, God, what are you talking about? I need you to help me. He said, I've done what I'm going to do. I said, talk to me, Jesus. Ephesians in chapter 1 and verse 3 says, and now blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all, not some, not most, not almost all, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He said, I've already blessed you. I didn't bless you with some. I didn't bless you with almost. I blessed you with all spiritual blessings. I've already done my part, Jehovah says. I've already given you all you need. You are already blessed. Help me tell your neighbor you are already blessed. You are already blessed. I, I, I know, I know that you might not feel blessed, but blessing is not a feeling. Blessing is a covenant promise already guaranteed and given to us. Oh, Jesus, you don't hear me what I'm saying. Hallelujah. You see, you think you are blessed when you get the new house, get the new car, get the new clothes, get a, a, a wonderful notification or alert, like we call it in some places, on your bank account that something just landed. Amen, Jesus. That's when you think you are blessed. But I can't to tell you this Sunday morning you are blessed before you got that alert. You are blessed before you got the new house, a new car, or whatever breakthrough it is that you are looking for. And you've got to realize that you are already blessed. You are already blessed. I've already blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Hallelujah. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, you've, you've got to know that. Uh, you've got what it takes to thrive, therefore. Of course, when you look at that verse, you already see the challenge that is in that verse. The challenge that is in that verse is that you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. 
but you have to walk on the earth. This is the challenge and the dichotomy that any believer faces, and that is that I am already blessed in heavenly places, but I'm walking on the earth. The believer, therefore, is in two locations at the same time. He's both in heaven and on the earth. And in the heavens, he's got all these blessings, but very often on the earth, he seems to not experience these blessings because there are certain things he needs to do to translate what he has in the heavens to the earth. <laughs> it starts with knowledge. Going quickly to the book of 2 Peter and chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2 to 4, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Listen to verse 3. As his divine power has, not is going to, has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. Verse 4, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine, the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He's saying here, again, the tense is past. He has already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You've got what it takes. And he tells us that it is through knowledge, through knowledge of the exceeding great and precious promises that have been given to us, we are partakers of the divine nature. So he's given you all you need in the heavenly realm to thrive. But that's God's part. He's done his part. What about your part? You are already blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, but you still live and walk on the earth. God has done his part in the heavens, but you and I have to do our part on the earth to give access to what has already been done in the heaven to be manifested in our earth. Oh, Jesus, help me. Whew. When I first relocated here on assignment to the United Kingdom, I had uh, quite a few of my things still in Nigeria. Hallelujah. Those things had my name on it. They were mine. Hallelujah. I was blessed with those things. But here I was living where? In the United Kingdom, in London. They were my things. I'm blessed. I have them. But I don't have access to them. Because they are there, I'm here. Are you with me? You, can't, you couldn't convince me that they were not my things. They were my things. They had my name on it. What, was, what did I need to do? I needed to know how to get what was mine over there, over the seas, to where I am here. We are already blessed with all these things in heaven. Now we need to know what to do to translate what we have in heaven, the finished work, already done stuff, translate them into our space. Amen. That's what we need to do. God has done his part, but we have to do our part on the earth to bring what has already been done in the heaven to manifest in our space. Listen, the scripture says that his word is already settled in the heaven, and I was checking the scripture, and I didn't find anywhere where it said that the word is already settled on the earth. He said it's already settled in the heavens. We are the ones meant to settle it on the earth. We are the ones meant to translate what has been done in the heavens down into our earth. All conditions for thriving has been settled in the heavens, but you need to fulfill the conditions for thriving on the earth. 
Hallelujah. And over the last couple of weeks, I've been unveiling some of those, some of those conditions for you to be able to thrive on the earth. Number one, I told you that you need to learn to be obedient to the specific instructions of the Lord because nothing takes him by surprise. No season, no challenging season that comes your way that God did not already know about before it happened. So he has instructions, just like he had instructions for Isaac as to what to do in the midst of famine. He has instructions for you on exactly what to do to navigate the season. So you've got to be obedient to his instruction, even when his instruction might seem to be contrary to what everybody else is doing. Number two, we've learned that you've got to sow your seed. He told Isaac to sow his seed even in the land of the famine. And we understood that sowing the seed was, not just be, it was beyond just giving. It was taking steps of faith, doing what he tells you to do. That's sowing your seed. Working with what he has put in your hands. Number three, we learned that you've got to be resilient. Number four, you've got to be anti-fragile. And number five, you've got to be connected to water. Because everything that you see is thriving is connected to a water source. But God brought my attention back to the necessity of being planted in order to thrive. That you are not going to thrive if you are not planted. You've got to be planted to thrive. And I just found him pulling me back here, saying, you've got to understand this, you've got to grasp this, and you've got to teach your people this. What does it mean to be planted? To plant is to place a seed bulb or plant in the ground so that it can grow. To place or fix in a specific position. So to be planted means to be fixed. It means to stay. It means to stay put in a particular place. To be planted is talking about consistency. Oh, Jesus. It's talking about consistency. Ooh. It's talking about focus. It's talking about loyalty. It's talking about steadfastness. Uh, you've got to be planted. I said, Lord, speak to me. He said that, you see, when you are really planted, then you stay. You don't move around. You are, you are planted. You've, you, you are rooted. You are grounded. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. You've got to be planted. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 it means that you, you are so planted, no matter what wind is blowing, no matter what thing is happening, you are not changing your stance. You are planted. I know who, who, whom I have believed. I know who's got me. I'm planted. I, I am consistently doing what he has told me to do, regardless of the changing weather. Oh, Jesus. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 4 says, he who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. That means that I've decided this is what I am doing, and I ain't going to let the external factors dictate what I do. I'm planted. You stay put because he said, stay put, just like he told Isaac. Stay in the land. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to get to that place where, where you are planted, you are rooted, you are grounded. You know, at some point in Jesus' ministry, um, some disciples started to leave him because he was starting to say some very deep and meaty things, you know, some very tough things. So people started to leave him. Then Jesus turned around to his 12 disciples and said, will you also 
leave. And in John 6 and 67 and 68, Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. What, what, what Peter was saying here is that I've come to realize that the words I am hearing from you are the words of eternal life. Even though I might be going through a challenging season, I am moving. I am moving. There's a connection here. There's a spiritual connection here that makes me realize that this is where I'm meant to be. The disciples rightly discerned to stay and not to leave. They stayed planted, and because they stayed planted, they became the first apostles. To be planted is to be rooted and grounded. You need to be rooted and grounded in some non-negotiables, where you've got to a place where there's nothing you're going to say that's going to change my mind as regards, let me give you one of them. In the book of Ephesians in chapter 3, verse 17, it says Paul was praying for us, and he prays that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you be rooted and grounded in what? In love, in love. You need to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. You need to be rooted and grounded in the knowledge that God loves you, uh, loves you with an everlasting love, loves you with an unchanging love, loves you with a steadfast love, to be rooted and to be grounded is to be immovable and unshaken. I might be going through hell and high water, but I know God loves me. I'm irreversibly convinced of God's love for me. I might be having a bad diagnosis right now, but I know that God still loves me. I'm not going to doubt his love. I'm rooted and grounded in the love of God. And then Galatians in chapter 5 and verse 6 lets us know that that faith walketh through love. The reason my faith is able to work is because actually I am rooted and grounded in the love of God. Because I know God loves me, I have faith to believe him for whatever I need to believe him for. Because I know he loves me. You know how it is, how somebody, you know somebody loves you, and because he loves you, he going to be disposed to granting you your request. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, 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 my second daughter walked into the room this morning and asked for something. And uh, I said, what's that? Asked a few questions. And I said, okay, yeah, sure, sure. Then my wife said that. She was standing by. said that, no, that wasn't, you weren't supposed to say that. You were supposed to say, um, I'll think about it. So that uh, we can now discuss whether we are going to uh, agree, agree. I said, ah, sorry, I've already said yes. Uh, and then, then she went on. And my, my daughter was still there, by the way. She went on and said that, uh, you see, this is your daughter. Anything she asks you, you like to say yes. What, what is it? Why are you always saying yes? I said, I don't always say yes. I said, not according to my own record. Because, <laughs> is anybody hearing me what I say? But, but you, know, you know that I'm telling the truth. I don't always say yes. Amen. <laughs> Blessed be God. Hallelujah. Amen. But she has the audacity to ask because she knows he loves me. He loves me. So if I ask him, she has the faith that I'm going to respond in the affirmative. However, sometimes my love for her means I have to say no. Hello. Love doesn't always say yes. Love sometimes says no. Somebody come on, come on go ahead and give God the praise this Sunday morning. Woo! Faith worketh by love. Rooted and grounded in the love of God, in the knowledge of God's love towards you. You need to be planted in the word of God. 
The blessed man makes the word of God his delight and his meditation day and night. In other words, the blessed man is rooted and grounded in the word of God. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. You will thrive God's way when you are planted in his word. We've got to rise up and be that company that is excited about God's word. That we, we, it's, it's, it's priority. It's, 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 this is it. This is what I, I want to hear God's word. Everything stops in the church service when it's word time. Everybody settles down. I've come here to hear the word. I'm going to sit and hear the word. This is the center. This is what the blessed man does. He's focused on the word. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's excited about the word. He delights in the word. We have conversations around the word. I read this verse. Do you know this is what I'm getting out of this verse? Do we have those type of conversations anymore? Hallelujah. The word, rooted and grounded. But, but, but to be planted uh, is also uh, to be planted in a community. Oh, yeah. Because growth doesn't happen in isolation. Growth actually happens in community. Now we live in a time where being planted seems to be irrelevant because we can get whatever we need on demand. Preachers on the swipe. Everything online now. We might be deceived to believe that we don't need to be really planted anywhere. Uh, because I got great preachers on Instagram uh, and another one I'm following on YouTube. Uh, why do I need uh, to be planted in a local assembly or in a particular community? Uh, but Hebrews in chapter 10, verse 24 to 25 says, Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, uh, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, encouraging one another, challenging one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, we start telling one another, we got to go to the house of the Lord. You know, Isaiah chapter 2 said that we say unto one another, let us go on to the mountain of the Lord's house. We are exhorting one another. We are not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. I know we went through the pandemic and the lockdowns and we are all open to the new virtual space of online living. But now we've got to determine I got to get back into the house of the Lord. I'm not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. I've got to be planted. Somebody say, tell your neighbor, you've got to be planted. You've got to be planted. You see, when Paul wrote the letters that we learn from today, he wasn't writing those letters to some, uh, uh, just throw it into the air kind of letters. He was writing those letters to specific churches. He was writing it to specific people where they were not forsaking the assembling of them, themselves together, where they were communing together because that's how we grow. How are you going to know that you are patient if you don't have the opportunity to be impatient? How do you know that you, are, you have self-control if nobody ever steps on your toe? <laughs> is anybody hear me what I'm saying? So it's not that the community, community is perfect. There ain't no perfect community anywhere. But it's actually the imperfections of the community that helps you to grow. Hallelujah. 
Is anybody hearing me what I'm saying? You've got to be planted. Now, I'm not against, you know, even me, I'm, <laughs> I listen to a whole lot of people. I listen to a whole lot of preachers. I have my father in the faith I listen to. I have many great preachers, but I know where I'm planted. <laughs> you see, when, when life happens, when life happens, the people that you need to turn up for you are not online. <laughs> <laughs> when life happens, the people that you that have to show up, that you need to show up, that you need to bail you out, that you need to be with you, to encourage you, they can't do it by YouTube. They have to be able to show up in person. And they only show up in person where there has been community, where there has been exchange. You can't make a withdrawal where you've never made a deposit. Does anybody hear me what I'm saying? And I know sometimes the withdrawal can be in excess of the deposit because of God's multiplier factor, but at least there's a deposit. Because 1,000 times zero is still zero. You've got to be planted. You've got to be connected. That's how we grow. That's how we mature. That's how we achieve what God wants us to achieve, both as individuals and also as a corporate body. And then I read in the book of Psalms in chapter 62, as I'm coming to the close, in verse 13, it says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts. Hallelujah. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts. Did you hear me? Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts. Did you, do you understand what that means? Uh, planted in the house, uh, but flourishing in the courts. Uh, God is going to cause you to thrive so much uh, that your thriving and your flourishing uh, can no longer be contained in the house. <laughs> your branches are going to grow. Uh, your leaves and your fruits uh, are going to emerge. Initially, it was just in the house, uh, but it's going to be bigger than the house. Uh, that's the pride of the house. It's not that you are contained in the house is that you are expanding, you are increasing. The pride of the house is that the branch now starts to break through the window, it starts to break through the door, and it starts to go into the courts. That's the assignment of the church. The assignment of the church is not to keep you in church. The assignment of the church is to equip you, cause you to thrive in church, but then for you to go and flourish in the world. Can I prophesy to somebody, you are about to flourish in your sector. You are about to flourish in your arena. You are about to flourish in your domain. You came here to be equipped, to be watered with the water of his word to cause you to thrive. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts. I decree and declare a flourishing in the courts for you. In the name of Jesus, if you believe me what I'm saying, come and shout yes. yes. Woo. You see, you see, 
you've got to have this clear in your mind. You've got to have this revelation clear. Because sometimes what happens a lot of time is that people are struggling uh, to flourish in the house. Uh, and God didn't talk about you just flourishing in the house. Uh, God talked about you flourishing in the courts. Uh, so ultimately, your vision needs to be bigger than I just want to flourish in the house. Uh, your, 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 your vision has to be the sector where God has planted me, planted me the sector where God has sent me, the place where I am, I am assigned. How I go flourish there. Amen and amen. And sometimes the people that cause the most problem in the house are people that are meant to be flourishing in the courts. And they are not flourishing in the courts. And they're looking at, give me space, give me space. No, no, no. The space is in the courts. <laughs> Hallelujah. It doesn't mean unplant yourself. Those that are planted, you need to be planted. You need to be planted. You need to be planted. House on the Rock is, is proud of a minister or not. Who, who is flourishing in the courts, whose voice is being heard globally, but there's no doubt in her heart where she is planted. And the house is proud for her to flourish globally. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some people that are going to become global stars under the sound of my voice. <laughs> global stars. You're going to flourish in the north. You're going to flourish in the south. You're going to flourish in the east. You're going to flourish in the south. If it's you I'm talking to, if it's you I'm prophesying over, come and shout yes. I flourish, I flourish, I flourish. Your profiting is going to become evident to all. You've been meditating, you've been serving, you've been faithful. Now it's time for your profiting, even in these challenging times. In the name of Jesus, it's time to thrive. Hallelujah. I came to pray for you, not just to survive, but to thrive. I, I bring an end to stagnancy. I bring, bring an end to the play too. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare breakthrough and break forth on the right, on the left, all around. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We are planted to thrive. We are planted to thrive. He planted us so that we might thrive. You shall thrive. You shall thrive. You shall thrive. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Let's pray. Somebody's been facing a stagnant situation. It just feels like you've been facing a stagnant situation. Just stagnant. It just seems like it's just stagnant. It's not, it's not breaking through. It's not, it's not producing results. This is what I was stirred up in my spirit to do. I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. If you are somebody that seems to be facing a very stubborn, stagnant situation that's refusing to give way, please rise up to your feet and let's pray. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Come to the altar. Come to the altar. Come to the altar quickly. Come to the altar quickly. Come to the altar quickly. Bahashotoria balada bakusotaria bababababosotoria. Ekeria balabalobosotaria babababosotaria. Abababababosotaria bababababosotaria. Pastor, stretch your hands towards these ones now. Bahadie ekeria balabalabababosotaria. Put that situation at the altar. Put that situation at the altar. Put that situation at the altar. Put that situation at the feet of the master right now. Put it at the feet of the master right now. God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. 
subdue it and have dominion. It is contrary to his word that stagnancy remain in your life. Fruitfulness, multiplication, filling the earth is your portion. So we raise our voice in prayer this morning. That cycle of stagnancy, that cycle of stagnancy, that cycle, that cycle of staying in the same spot, like, like treading water but going nowhere. We break that cycle. We break that cycle. We break that cycle. We break that cycle. Even today, in the name of Jesus. The stagnancy is over. The fruitfulness begins. We say the, the, the weeping has endured long enough. The night is over. Now we usher in your morning season. We say good morning to you in the name of Jesus. Doors, doors. I see doors opening. 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 For you, for you, for you. You've been knocking, you've been knocking, you've been knocking. It wasn't opening, but now it opens. In the mighty name of Jesus. You shall be fruitful. You shall multiply. You shall fill the earth. You shall, you, you, you shall subdue it. You shall have dominion. In the name of Jesus. The stagnancy is over. In the mighty name of Jesus. No matter how stubborn it has been, it now yields. It now gives way. It now gives way. It now gives way. It now gives way. Pray it through. Pray it through. Push through the breakthrough. Push through the breakthrough. Push through the breakthrough. The season changes for you in the name of Jesus. I prophesy a season change in the name of Jesus. Breakthrough into thriving. You've survived. We bless the Lord. But now you thrive in the name of Jesus. You survive the most hard thing. But now I prophesy, I decree and declare, you thrive in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. No more stagnancy. No more stagnancy. I say it one more time. No more stagnancy in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. No God like unto you. Thank you, Lord. Woo! We bless you, Lord. Just go ahead and start blessing the name of the Lord. As you return to your seat, just go ahead and bless the name of the Lord. Just go ahead and bless the name of the Lord. As we have prayed, it is done. As we've prayed, it is done. Go back with faith. Go back with expectation. 
And as the things start to shift in your favor, do not, do not delay in running back with your testimony. Do not delay in running back with your result in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we bless you. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. No God like unto you. And if you are out there and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ yet as your Lord and personal Savior, I want to give you that opportunity to join this community that has the backing of God. <clears throat> With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, if you're out there and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, whether you're online or here in person, please repeat these words of prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for the price that you paid. Thank you for giving your life for me. Today, I repent of my sin and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I have believed with my heart and I have made this confession with my mouth. Therefore, by faith, I am born again, a new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah and amen. Amen and amen and amen. And if you indeed pray that prayer with sincere faith in your heart, you are born again and we celebrate that in the name of Jesus. We want to help you to grow in the Lord from being a child to becoming a mature son. So please direct message us on any of our platforms, email us, go to our website, follow the pathway that is there, and let's help you to grow in the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this uplifting sermon from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. We hope you've been informed and inspired. Join us for services every Wednesday and Sunday. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at HOTR London. Also, live stream our services on YouTube at HOTR London. For more information, visit our website on hotr.org.uk.